Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we'll be continuing our study uh, in the book of Matthew. Jesus is sharing with a group of people. Uh, he is preaching what John the Baptist preached, as well as uh, what it says of him, the message of repentance. Uh, and this morning we're going to talk about prayer. I realize that most of you have a picture of prayer, as did the hearers of this uh, message that Jesus was sharing. And yet, uh, he wants them to change. He wants them to think differently about something that maybe was very familiar to them. And so we're going to look at God's Word uh, this morning. Please stand in honor of God's Word. I'd love to read for you the first verse and then uh, moving on down to verse 5. God's Word says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Skipping down to verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners. They may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, we ask your blessing on our time. We know that apart from you, we can do nothing and we need your help uh, to understand. Uh, God, call us. Uh, and change us in the way we think about prayer. Uh, we want to have great relationship with you. And yet um, we struggle. So we ask your blessing and your uh, encouragement in this time. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. So last week we looked at uh the passage just prior to this, and it talked about prayer. And I read verse 1 in this passage because I really believe that verse 1 sets the pace for this whole chapter in that uh, it is not a show and that we should beware, we should be worried about putting on a show for others. I realize that uh, that's tough when you're living in California. Uh, And California is all about the show. Uh, In fact, uh, we die and change everything about ourselves. We want to look good before being good. And so as Jesus addresses the people, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before people to be seen by them. Beware of putting on a show. And he has talked about giving. And last week we looked at prayer. And this week we are going to continue uh, looking at uh, issues regarding prayer. There's a few uh, things we are not to do. You think about even uh, the children that we have at the church here and how they learn to pray. And how, uh, if you can remember, it's sometimes hard, especially if you've 
been raised in the church, you just see people praying and you model that and you you copy and somehow you prayer is just something you grow up with. But if we were to take someone and to say, let me teach you how to pray this morning would be applicable to them. The thing I want to tell you is that the audience that Jesus had, they knew about prayer. And yet Jesus still took the time, felt it important, was inspired to say, let me teach you how to pray. And so this morning, even if you've been praying for a very long time, even if you uh, feel like you're pretty comfortable and confident when it comes to the issues of prayer, I want to encourage you to listen uh, to the Word of God this morning, and may it change you, uh, may it cause repentance to happen in your heart as well as mine. We found in the last passage there were two things that we were not to do and two things we were to do. The first thing we were not to do was we were not to pray uh, public, uh, flamboyant, uh, Prayers that attracted people to us. We weren't to let everybody know uh, about how great we were by our prayers. He pictures, uh, he identifies those kind of people as hypocrites who say, Hey, I want you to see me. I want you to see me pray and become impressed with the way I pray. And I chose a place, the synagogue or the street corners, a place where everyone could see. And he says, Don't do it that way. That's not what prayer is for. And so we heed that warning. In fact, uh, he says, don't do it that way. But there is a way too. he says, secret prayers, go into your room, go into a place where no one can see where you are alone. And I love that the, the secret place where you're alone and no one's there. There is someone there. It's God. He's there with you. And as he sees and as he uh, hears your prayers and communicates with you. Uh, you're rewarded by Him. The second thing He shares with us that we are not to do is meaningless repetition. Meaningless repetition. The idea that we would somehow, through magical uh, procedure and repeating something over and over again, somehow that, that God would be impressed or that we would unlock the code and that somehow He'd give us what we want. It's much like children when they talk to their parents and they say, uh, can I have some ice cream? And then they say, oh yeah, the magic word. Please? And then the magic word doesn't work and so we're, we're convinced that meaningless repetition will help us. So we say, please, please, please. Maybe even put a pretty in there. Pretty please. Sugar on top, please. Thinking that finally mom will say, well, fine, go ahead, do it. And that somehow that those words repeated, babbling on, would somehow give more emphasis to them. It says, don't do it. That's not what prayer is. Don't pray in this meaningless repetition sort of way. But rather, remember this, uh, that God knows what we need. What a sweet thing to know. That as we go to the Lord in prayer, how many of you have a tough time communicating sometimes? Saying the words you want. Uh, sometimes babbling on, not because you want a meaningless repetition, just because you can't find the words. I have that problem. 
and the sweetness to know that it's not babbling on trying to unlock the code, but it's sharing our heart for a God who knows us. He knows what we need even before we ask. And so it's us communicating in relationship, a father-son relationship. So this morning we start and we start with a guide or a model. And it's interesting to me, um, as he continues on this idea of prayer, Jesus instructs him, he says, pray then like this. The, the picture here is not pray this prayer over and over and over and over again. In fact, uh, some of us have taken this to be something to be memorized and to be quoted. And if we have a really bad week or we do some really bad things, do it 10 times. Do it 20 times. Continue on over and over again because we're somehow going to connect with God if we repeat the same thing over and over and over again. And as I say that, I I want you to know that this is a a guide and a model. These are some thoughts for us to digest when it comes to communicating and learning to communicate with God. It is different, isn't it? It's different. We, as we go into a room and we're all by ourselves, we can't put our hand on God and say, are you listening to me? Can't see his uh, uh, facial expressions. He doesn't go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, next. So it's different. And yet uh, Jesus says, "I, I want you to have this as a guide, a model for you as you consider some things for you to know when you talk talk to God. He starts out with this in verse 9. Our Father in heaven. Follows it up with hallowed be your name. He says your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's all we're going to do this morning. That that group of verses. So we're not going to get very far. It starts out with our Father. Our Father. And what this points to and is important and I, I've made highlight to this as we've gone through these chapters. Jesus has repeated this idea that we have a heavenly father. That he's reminding the people and he's changing their opinion, changing their opinion. In his kingdom, it's all about the father, but not just all about the father. You have a father. You have a father. And as you pray, you're not praying to just God. Powerful, majestic, high and lifted up. You're not just praying to God, but you're praying to our Father. It's interesting to me that Jesus said our Father because He is His Father too. And what He was including was, He wasn't just saying that you have now this only child relationship with the Father, but you are brought into a family relationship And as you communicate, you communicate with your father. We struggle with this word, father, because most of us don't refer to the guy as father. Most of the time, when you have a father, you call him by something else. You call him dad, daddy, pops, Paul. From different points of uh, our country. 
You call him in terms of endearment. And the idea here is this, that it's not an impersonal God. In fact, if you look to the Old Testament, I think it's uh, in connection with what we're talking about here this morning, because you have this relationship. And it's not that the idea of the fatherhood of God is not in the Old Testament. It is. But in this passage and in the book of Matthew, it's over and over and over again. Why? Well, because this is what happened. God's people were close to their father. And then they drifted away, walked away, ran away into sin. And then they were distant and there wasn't this father-child relationship. In fact, there was great fear. There was great uh, complaining and, and no relationship there. Why? Because they'd walked away. And so the idea of them having a close relationship with the Father, just it, it wasn't there. And so Jesus, as he's communicating the, the ideas of his kingdom with these people, he says, as you pray, pray our Father, our Daddy, our Dad, the one that I have relationship with, that I love. Everyone really gets the idea of a Father, don't they? You get the idea where our father is designed to be the one who protects us, the one who gives us security, the one who comforts us, the one with power, the one with wisdom. And as we have a relationship with our earthly father, we look to them to provide that for us as we are a child. Um, I, I have an earthly father. Some of you know him. I would say of my earthly father this, that he has failed me time and time again. As I share that with you, you say, well, how can you say that? I know your dad. Just being honest, he's failed me time and time again. And you know what? I'm a father as well. And I've failed my children time and time again. And there's some dads here. We're going to stand up and give testimony. You're going to share how you failed your children time and time again. And yet, we all understand that. that that's not the point. Some of us, we connect the failings of our father. And you say, well... Addressing him as father, that doesn't mean a big deal to me because I didn't like my father. My father failed me, just like the pastor's saying that he failed and his father failed him. That's, that's what I've been. That's a, I, I'm not excited about it. But what I want to tell you this morning is this. The one of perfection. The one, of, uh, of the one that has it all. He is the one that we can address as Father. He's the one that we have relationship with. Do you see that? As fathers, uh, it's a weird deal because um, we're supposed to have all those things, but we don't. And we feel insecure and we feel like a failure and, and we feel like we're, we don't have the resources. So what are we supposed to do? Hey, fathers, you have a father that you can cry out to. And he allows you relationship. He cherishes. He paid for a relationship with you. And so as we 
begin talking about prayer, Jesus says, call him dad. Call him dad. Acknowledge that he is your father. It's the basis of why we would talk to him at all is that we have a father. He is our protection. He is our security. He's our power, our comfort, our wisdom. He is the one we can trust in. Some of our earthly fathers have been louses. They've let us down time and time again. They've been absent. But we have a father of perfection. We have a father of perfection. that We can go to and call upon his name. And even as I've studied this, I realized that in my own prayers, many times, I just call him God. And it represents sometimes the distance that I feel because of my own sin. My lack of concern or care for him, he becomes a distant God and not my father. I want to tell you, you have a father here this morning. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, the relationship that you have is a father-child relationship with the God of the universe. So we think of him, we acknowledge him, we call on him as our father. It also tells us that he is our father who is in heaven, in heaven. The point of that is not that he is distant, but that he is uh, lifted up. He is high. He has a different resident. It's not that he is not involved in the issues down here of earth. He is. But he's thought of his father in heaven. In fact, throughout these uh, couple of chapters here, it said over and over again, his fa- our father who is in heaven. And as you think of this, it's important for us to remember that is different residence. It's the place we, uh, Majesty sang of it, that time where we'll be with him. And it's not that we would set up shop down here, that he is our heavenly father and that that place is lifted up, is higher, is better. It is superior. His residence is superior. And so as we think about praying in this world, we acknowledge that our father is our father in heaven. There's a drawing of us to where he is as opposed to him coming and making his residence down here. Our father who is in heaven, he is amazing, glorified, high, above, lifted uh, in all these things. It acknowledges that he is our heavenly father. He's also our hallowed father or holy father. As you think about this word I shared last week, it's a tough word for us. But the idea here is the word to be made holy or is holy. It's the idea of being set apart. And as you think about being set apart, that that our heavenly father is set apart. His name is better. It's important for us to acknowledge that. That nothing is set apart in our world. Every. You think of all the things, there's people, but they're just like other people and they have their good things and their bad things. And even as you look at the New Testament, the Old Testament as well, you you look at identifications of holy people. 
And why are they holy? Why are they holy? It's because of the work of God in their lives. No one is holy in all of Scripture apart from the work of God. And yet, what does it say about the one that we pray to? He is holy. He's set apart in himself. Just who he is. You see, our God, our Father, our Heavenly Father is different than all. You say, why would I, uh, why should I not bow or pray to anyone else? There's a simple reason. Because no one is like our God. No one. He, he's the one. His name is the one that is above every name. He, he's not the one that's just like everybody else. So you've chosen your God. I'll choose my God. And we'll pray however we want, whenever we want. And you just kind of make up your own deal. And everything's going to be fine. We'll end up in the same place. It's not true. It is not true. His name is separate, set apart, not because we have done so, but because it is. And he is. He is set apart. And as, you know, that connection, how do we be holy? By following the one who is set apart. By being like him as his work in our lives. So we have a heavenly father. We have a hallowed father. We have a father also that has a great plan. If you look down in the scriptures uh, in verse 10, he says, your kingdom come. This points to the future and really the idea that his kingdom is being set up and, and it is to come. You look at this and we struggle in the book of Matthew especially of whether he's talking about the kingdom now or he's talking about the kingdom later. And, and this is one of those passages. Your kingdom come. And, and what, what this points to is that which is future and it's exciting. And it acknowledges in prayer that there is good things to come. The plan of God. It's his kingdom. We have a father who has a great plan that will be to come. What does this matter in the issues of prayer? Well, it matters in the issues of prayer that some of you didn't have a very good week. Bad stuff's happening. Your heart was broken this week by people. There's been some things that you couldn't change. You like changing things, but you couldn't change these things. You may struggle with your health. You may struggle with your marriage, with your children, with your job. Well, any number of things. And yet in prayer, we fix our eyes on that which is to come. And we're excited about it. Why? Because it's God's plan and not our own. Our Father has a great plan. And I'll just say, and it's not mine. It's not mine. Uh, most of you like to have your own plan, right? Right? Like to be in charge, have your own plan. I like that too. Um, it doesn't work out very well that way though. Over and over again, we show our inability to make plans come to fruition. And some of the ones that come to fruition, they're just not that good. They look better on paper. And so we acknowledge in prayer that it's his kingdom that is to come. And we're excited about it. We're excited about 
the future that is to come. Lastly, I want to tell you this, that our Father, in that plan, our Father knows best. You look down at this prayer, uh, this, this guideline prayer, this model prayer, if you will. It says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As you consider the different places on earth and heaven, and, and you think about how, where is the perfect place? It's heaven, right? Uh, God's will is being done in heaven all the time. It is God's will in a sense of that which pleases Him being done in the world today? No way. Some of you are a little slower on that. Marshall's been around a long time and he was confident with his answer. No way. It's not, it's not done in the world today. Uh, we watch the news. We see what's going on. We see injustices. We know that the Lord's not pleased with those things. Well, how about, you know, the world's a rough place, but how about in the United States of America? The sense of honoring the Lord and His will being done, is it happening in the United States of America? No. How about the great state of California? I was teasing some of our folks here from Majesty. They're from greater places. Idaho. You know, they think they're better than us. They pro- the great state of Texas. Oh, don't mess with Texas. They got enough problems of their own. Um, but um, scratch that from the recording. Um, uh, we look at these things and we realize it's not. Ha- but, but what about in your home? What about in your home? Is is God's will prevailing in your home? At least that, that place is the place you have control, right? You'd like to. I'd like to have control in my home. I'd like to just be able to control myself at home. I want to tell you that, that, that this idea here, we live in a sinful world. He points down to earth and he says, in earth... It should look like heaven. Our desire for this life down here should be that it would look like that life up there. That His will would be done. You know, we're struggling with this, right? And I'll tell you why. It's real simple. Because we're not concerned with His will being done. We're concerned with our will being done. Getting what we want. And it drives us to make wicked decisions. It drives us for chaos in our homes, in our state, our country, world, right? It's because His will's not being done. It's men in greed and pushiness and pride wanting to do what they want to do. As we pray, we should acknowledge that His will is to be done just as it is in heaven down here on earth. The picture I'd give you is this. What if you knew you were going to go live in a different country? Maybe it was going to be Guatemala. And you said, you know, I, I know I'm going to move to Guatemala. It's going to be a couple of years. And the rest of my life is going to be lived in Guatemala. I, I know that. I'm going to move there and I'm going to live the rest of my life there. You know what you'd start doing? Start figuring out Guatemala. 
You'd read about it. You'd look at homes there and you'd say, you'd, you'd dream of like, hey, I might live in a home like this. You'd read about customs and things they do there. You might even start dabbling and trying foods that you'd say, well, this is what I'll be eating in Guatemala when I move there. You'd start learning the language. You'd start practicing it on people. You'd look for others. You'd even sometimes say it and people would look at you funny and go, we don't speak that around here. Oh, but I'm moving to Guatemala. I'm, I'm leaving here. The picture is this, that as we pray and as we live, that we would be mindful that we are leaving here and that we would already desire to live in such a way that would honor the one and the place that we are going to next. That his will would be done in our lives and our homes right now on earth as it is to his kingdom that is to come. In heaven. We'll stop there um, and we'll continue on next week talking about prayer. This morning, I just want to close with just saying this I hope that you understand how great it is that you have a heavenly Father. I hope that as you think of praying to Him, that you will not think of Him as a distant God. One that you don't know very well and one that you're not sure if he's going to be good or bad. You just you just don't know. But that you would think of him as your loving heavenly father and be thrilled that you have a relationship with him. Relationship that as the son had a relationship with his father, you too now have that by the death of his son. Through him taking your place of paying your price. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, to be able to call you my Father is an amazing miracle. That you would love a sinner. That you would listen to a sinner. That you would save a sinner. That you would cleanse a sinner. The awful price of your Son. Father God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for establishing a relationship with us. Lord, we ask that you would help us to um, grow as we seek to communicate with you, that we would obey you, that we would love your will. God, help us to acknowledge that you are different, different than the gods of this world, different than people that we are impressed with or chase after or fear their approval. Father, thank you for adopting us into your family, bringing us into your kingdom, calling us your children. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd ask that the men who are going to come and help me share communion uh, would come now. As we think about what we are uh, partaking and participating in, we realize that Jesus... Uh, was giving this as a picture that he was explaining and, and cherishing and setting up a celebration, if you will, that we would never